Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. See, Jesus would not let Herod deter his work. Jesus understood that the job was not done yet. So he is not worried about Herod or what Herod wants to do to him. Jesus is focused on the people and concentrates on the future. He knows he has more people to heal. He knows he has more people to help. And he knows that he's not going to die until he goes to Jerusalem. So as long as he's not in Jerusalem yet, he is all right. Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, Today's message is going to come from the gospel according to Luke, um, the 13th chapter. I'm going to be reading verses 31 through 35. Uh, Again, that is the gospel according to Luke, the 13th chapter, verses uh, 31 through 35. Uh, New Testament scripture. Matthew, Mark, Luke, uh, chapter 13. I'm going to be reading uh, the New International Translation of God's Word. Uh, Let's see what it has to say for us today, amen? Hear ye the word of the Lord. At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, go tell that fox, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I will tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, church. God, here we are again, uh, gathering together to delve into your word, Lord God. And here I am again, preaching the word of God behind your sacred desk. Lord God, let every word that I Speak in every thought that I think be acceptable in your sight. Help me to lead people to Jesus and knowing them in the pardoning, uh, knowing you rather in the pardoning of their sins, Lord God. Let your will be done on this word. Let your will be done in our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Uh, For the time that we get to spend together today, I would like to talk a little bit about being future focused future focused I have a hard time on certain types of jobs I had a hard time 
working certain types of job jobs growing up because I was not one of the people who would just be content in knowing about my specific job and my specific job tasks. Even if I was a temporary employee in the file room, I would be trying to think about, well, what is the CEO doing? What is, uh, what are the vice presidents doing? I always wanted to look at the big picture. And I would also spend time thinking about how my individual job impacted the company's future. And so if they had just paid me to keep the file room good and clean and uh, you know, make sure certain menial tasks was taken care of, I might not have fit in thinking about the big picture. I would also, because I was a student of business, um, I would look at trends. And I uh, could see once the company was making certain moves that layoffs were coming or reorganization was coming even before they said it. Uh, sometimes that would get me in trouble because I would see what was going on. I would make my predictions and I, I, I didn't keep it to myself. Um, and so I, I struggled on certain kind of jobs because I was always looking at the big picture. I was always trying to focus on what the future held. And I would spend a lot of time thinking about how what I was doing and what all my coworkers were doing and how it would affect the future. Uh, there's a behavioral economist, uh, economist rather, uh, Catherine Milkman uh, from the Wharton School of Business. And uh, she talks about being future focused as well, uh, especially in the decision making. Um, she was very interested in how our daily decisions were affected uh, about whether um, our present day self or our future self was making those choices. Uh, this is not to say that we can hop into a time machine and jump into the future, but we can decide to make cho choices right now that focus on the present day or the future day. Uh, for example, uh, Milkman had explored how people buy groceries online, uh, specifically what they would order for next day delivery versus three days delivery. Uh, and and uh, the current self purchases for next day delivery and the future focused self uh, buys for three days in advance. And what she found is that people spend more money when they buy for immediate consumption and they tend to purchase less nutritious food when they want it right away. Uh, Milkman says when you buy for a rush order, uh, you buy junk. 
Um, and I firmly believe in that. Um, your current self, when you are current focused, will buy Twinkies and potato chips and candy and they taste great. And they taste great right now. That's why all the grocery stores put the candy right by the cash register when you're trying to check out because they know if they can get you to make an in, uh, a rush decision, you will do something. On the other hand, your future self, when you are future-focused, future uh, is more likely to buy vegetables and whole grains. Uh, when you plan to eat better in the future, you tend to buy food that will support a nutritious diet. Your future self is, is much more rational and, and restrained than your current self. Your future self wants to benefit from a balanced diet while your present self will eat anything that tastes delicious. Your future self wants to have zero credit card debt, but your current self says we need that new television. Uh, your future self will want to learn a foreign language while your present self gets bored after 15 minutes in the instructional lesson. Um, the point is, is when we spend more time really thinking about the future and how our decisions right now will affect the future, we tend to make better decisions. When we are concerned about just the here and now, we don't always make the best decisions. Being concerned about the here and now is how you can end up not changing things over decades because you're only concerned about the here and now, whereas when you start thinking about what's going to happen decades down the line, you make better decisions to benefit those people down the line. And we see a future-focused person in the passage of scripture today in the gospel according to Luke. Uh, Jesus is on a journey to Jerusalem and Jesus is making decisions about the future. You see, Jesus has been healing the sick. He has been casting out demons and helping the people. And although we uh, cover verses 31 through 35 in this message earlier in chapter 13, Jesus has been teaching in the synagogue and had the nerve to heal someone on the Sabbath. Jesus has been dialoguing with the Pharisees. They've been trying to trip him up, and he has been taking them down at every corner. And so the Pharisees got mad at Jesus doing work on the Sabbath. And later on, some more Pharisees come by and tell Jesus to get out of here. Herod wants to kill you. Um, not sure if the Pharisees were warning Jesus out of concern or they were telling Jesus about Herod because they were glad uh, that Herod wanted to kill them. Either way, they told Jesus the message that Herod wanted to kill Jesus. Um, this is the Herod in, in Luke chapter 13 is Herod Antipas. Uh, He's the son of Herod the Great, and, and Herod was a Roman tetrarch of Galilee. 
uh, Rome decided instead of having one ruler in particular areas, they would like to divide it up and have four. And Herod the Great died, Herod Antipas' father, and Rome had four people managing the area. And uh, the Tetrarch over the Galilee area was Herod Antipas. And this was the Herod that uh, the, the, the Pharisees told Jesus that uh, wanted to kill uh, him. Why would Herod want to kill Jesus? Uh, some people were not a fan of Herod. Uh, and, and some of those people were prophets that spoke truth to power. Uh, and they eventually got killed for it. Uh, John the Baptist called Herod out for some of his behavior. Um, and he lost his life for it. And now his cousin Jesus was on the list. Why would he want to do that? Uh, well, one reason was because Jesus was going around healing the people, changing lives. And Jesus, people said Jesus was the prophesied Messiah. And while we know Messiah to be one thing, uh, during that time, they thought Messiah to uh, be another thing because the, the Jewish people of the time had kept getting oppressed over and over again. And so they were looking for a savior to take them uh, uh, out from under the oppression they had been in. And so here is somebody that people are saying is the Messiah, uh, when they were looking for a military savior, and he's talking about establishing a new kingdom. He's talking about establishing the kingdom of God. And Herod, is, uh, being a Roman uh, ruler, is like, uh, we don't need another kingdom. We have one. And so whoever is thinking about starting a new kingdom has to go. We can't have a Messiah coming around to save the people that we are oppressing, we would kind of like to keep them oppressed. It's good for business. And so if there's somebody out here trying to start a new kingdom, well, I'm going to have to squash that. Who is it? Jesus. Okay, they got to go. Another reason that Herod may have wanted Jesus gone uh, is the answer to a question. Who paid Jesus' bills? Who paid Jesus' bills? Uh, Jesus did a lot of traveling. Um, we know that Jesus did enough traveling and had a lot of people around him and they needed to eat and sleep places and, and take care of expenses. And there were enough expenses that the Bible says the disciples had a treasurer to keep track of the income and outcome. Uh, so who paid Jesus' bills? The answer is found in the gospel according to Luke, chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. And it says that, after this, Jesus traveled from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him, 
and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household. Hmm. Susanna and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. I'll read verse 3 again. Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others, these women were helping to support them out of their own means. Joanna was a woman that traveled around with Jesus. And I'm going to just stop right there. She was one of the women that traveled around. I, I, I find it interesting that the Bible tells us that women were financing the ministry of Jesus Christ. But there are people that believe that women can't be in leadership in ministry in the Christian church. If the money was good enough for Jesus, I'm going to just stop right there. Don't argue with me. Argue with the text. Uh, but Joanna, a woman, was part of the group traveling with Jesus. She's mentioned in Luke chapter 8, and she's also mentioned in Luke chapter 4 as one of the women who came down to the tomb to put spices on the body of Jesus while he was laid in the tomb. Uh, Joanna is married to Chusa, and Chusa is the manager of Herod's household. So Chusa is like uh, Herod's chief of staff. He manages the government, uh, the, the government work. So Herod here is dealing with Jesus, a man from Galilee, helping the people, talking about starting a new kingdom and getting bankrolled by one of Herod's executive employees. That is a strange idea. A man of God, a rabbi, a preacher, Jesus, out here taking money that is coming from a government official and using it to help the people. That's a strange idea right there. Can you imagine a pastor or a preacher or a rabbi taking government money and using it to help the people? So those are some reasons that Herod probably could not stand what Jesus was going around doing. And when they said that uh, uh, you need to go, Herod wants to kill, Jesus was not deterred. Jesus called Herod a fox. Uh, see, in Jewish culture, you didn't want to be called a fox. If you were great, they wanted to call you a lion. That's why they called David the lion of the uh, tribe of Judah. In Roman culture, you didn't want to be called a fox. Great people in Roman culture were called eagles. But yet, Jesus said neither about Herod. Jesus called him something sly, cunning, something untrustworthy. Uh, 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 the kingdom of God at this point in time in the text is tiny compared to the Roman Empire. But when Jesus is done with it, the kingdom of God is going to be massive. 
See, Jesus would not let Herod deter his work. Jesus understood that the job was not done yet. So he is not worried about Herod or what Herod wants to do to him. Jesus is focused on the people and concentrates on the future. He knows he has more people to heal. He knows he has more people to help. And he knows that he's not going to die until he goes to Jerusalem. So as long as he's not in Jerusalem yet, he is all right. Jesus moves forward because he knows that his future has to align with God's future. He says, I must be on my way to the Pharisees because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is a holy city, uh, the site of Israel's temple, but it's also a city with a history of violence toward the prophets. It was not a good or desirable thing to be a prophet. It was dangerous work to tell the people what God says. When you tell the people what God says, sometimes the people don't like to hear that. Uh, uh, Uriah and Zechariah were killed in Jerusalem, and maybe even they think that maybe even Isaiah was killed in Jerusalem. And so Jesus knew that he was going to, to Jerusalem to die. Uh, later on in the book of Acts, we see Stephen is going to be stoned there later. Uh, so Jesus understood that he didn't have to worry about Herod at the time because he was on a mission. He was on a mission to save the world. He was on a mission to save all of creation. And Jesus was certain about that. And the more certain a future is, the more power it has. And so Jesus knew that he must suffer and be killed and raised on the third day with all power in his hands. So that made his future that he focused on more powerful. Uh, a focus on a present day will keep us trapped in fears and suspicions and resentments for most of us. But we focus on the day of resurrection that opens up new possibilities. As individuals, we can forgive and welcome and act in ways that we never thought possible when we become future focused. And as a congregation, we can put aside our institutional worries and boldly share the grace, love and healing and hope of Jesus Christ. The ministry of Jesus reminds us that if we put too much focus on our current selves, we can hurt ourselves and the church. But if we put our future self in charge, focus on the kingdom, focus on what God can do for us, focus on the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ, then we can love one another with sacrificial love and experience new life. We are in this Lenten season. Let's Keep our focus on the future and what matters to Jesus Christ. When we focus on the future, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the hearts of man what God can do for us and through us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Please pray with me. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is the, your name in all the earth. We thank you for this word that went forth. We thank you for those who heard it. We thank you for those who will hear it later. We uh, ask that this word be a seed that is planted in good soil 
and produces a great harvest, 30, 60, 100-fold, and that your Holy Spirit can do its holy work in your holy people, that those who have a desire to know Jesus Christ in the pardoning of their sins will ask, what must I do to become saved? Help us as individuals and as a congregation and as a body of Christ to be focused on the future and do what you would have us do. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simpson Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.